When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. And we went two and up, and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud, and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilali. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. Oh, brilliant. 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 Here comes Quigley. And it's there. It's Sligar over 3. St. Patrick's Athletic 2. And that could be the decisive moment in the title race. We will never forget this day. Hi everyone, it's Ronan here from the Borst Podcast, hope you're all keeping well. With seven games left in the season, we sat down with men's first team manager John Russell to discuss really a range of topics. Before we start, can I just say that when it comes to questions, we won't get everything in everybody's eyes, we won't get everything right. Obviously because things haven't been great in the last few months, it is quite a sensitive time and it really is more delicate than than we probably would have hoped at the start of the season. Um, We understand people are not happy, and there'll be people that want us to dig out John. But we're here to have a conversation with John. Um, It's easy on forums, Twitter, and even in the ground to to shout behind a keyboard. There was four of us in a Zoom call, and we just wanted to have a chat, and hopefully we've done our best. Hopefully we've done our best to ask John the questions people want answering. We can't speak for everybody. We've got limited time on the Zoom call. And like I said, hopefully we have done our best. I suppose the the most obvious question to start the, the ball rolling is, like, how would you assess the season so far? Oh, where do I start? Um, I suppose I sat down with you guys back in February and, you know, real, real excitement, anticipation of a new season, 10 new players coming in. Um, you know, I I'd be a very ambitious manager and um want to try and create the best environment with the resources you know that I have, uh, and I want to challenge the top of the table, and that was my ambition at the start of the year. Um, you know, I, I recruited certain players to to play a, a certain style of football, and I suppose we're seven games to go now that the season hasn't gone to plan at all. Um, you know, there's been uh, a lot of low points and I suppose there was a, a quote I would have come across you know early in my coaching career from Cruyff he, he would have been someone that I, I admired and, and you know you see all the managers that have kind of followed his his philosophy and you know it's about you need you need um you need both quality and results and it was like um you know results without quality is boring and <laughs> quality without results is meaningless and you know that always stuck with me you know I, I as a manager I want to play good football but I want to win and unfortunately this year we played some brilliant football in my opinion uh, at times especially early in the season with with a brand new team and we played brilliantly but didn't get results when, when we probably should have and then we've lost too many games trying to play uh, a brand of football and you know there's been huge learnings and reflections for me throughout the season and they said, but we are where we are now with seven games to go, and it's up to me, the staff, the players to to regroup, reset, and you know try and finish the season strongly. Because there's no, I'm I'm not stupid. I, I thought after the court game that that, that was it. I, I thought I was going to be getting a phone call on the Saturday morning. I thought I was gone, and, and I put a huge amount of work, time, effort along with the staff in this. Um, I'm just grateful that I'm still standing. John, to go back to the start of the season. 
uh, you know, they, the season started off very well. Like you put a very competitive side together, playing a very good style of football, a resilient side as well. Come kind of what, late April, early May, that that side re- realistically kind of disappeared, and you know the, the team is now it's unrecognizable. Like, where do you see the faults that have come in that time? Yeah, look, I'd be very objective and I reflect an awful lot with with the staff and try and find reasons why things, you know, turn. And I do think you're right. The first of May, we we beat St. Pat's away uh, on a on a bank holiday Monday, uh, brilliant result. And off the back of playing so well on the Friday against Shamrock Rovers, I think we some of the best football that I've seen a League of Ireland team play. Uh, and I think that was highlighted afterwards. Their manager, their players were saying that on the Friday. But we two back to back away games. And that was whatever, 12, 13 games of the season. I think we'd won five, drawn four, lost four. And, and it was a decent return for a brand new team. And we were showing really good signs. And then we came home to play Dundalk um, on the Saturday. And that game, we ended up losing 1-0. But at half time. I remember John Mann came off injured. Fabrice came off injured. Then Max came off injured in the second half. Massive players. And they were having really good seasons. And the injuries mounted up. Um, we lost, We ended up losing the game one and I felt we shouldn't have lost it. We should have drawn at least, and that that kind of set the tone of the next couple of games. We were just down bodies, firefighting. At one stage, we all four centre backs gone, and we we went on a bit of a slide. Um, and you know we got to the mid season break, and it was like right, let's let's go again. And then we play UCD, and and you know you're one 0 up with whatever 10 50 minutes to go and we give away another outrageous goal kick a ball off a player that goes into an empty net and um that was hugely disappointing but i, I do think the injuries played played a huge part and then when they're losing games the confidence goes and if so many new players and, and they're coming into a new league and they're, and they're like oh my god the pace of the league and we're not winning and and that kind of pressure sets in um and it's been been a difficult time for for everyone i blame um i might just kind of throw Stephen bradley into the mix there. You know, when he came out and said that, that was uh, some of the best football I've seen in the League of Ireland playing, the side playing. And it was nearly all downhill from there. He put a hex on us, inadvertently. Yeah, um, but look, I suppose, going back to the start of the season and my ambitions, you know, I want a challenge at the top of the table. I I don't want to just be mid-table or down where we are at the moment, right? And I always felt... You know, you want to be getting into Europe, but if you want to build a team to play in Europe and get results in Europe and try and get into group stages, that's that's where you want to be um, as a manager, as a player. And I suppose my learns this year is you probably have to, to walk before you run and, and we probably try to, to play a brand of football um, in, a, in a tough league that wasn't getting us results. Um, you know, we, we show really good, really good um, form and, and, and moments. But then we self-destructed uh, and, and that was really disappointing. But, you know, it's my first year in management and you're not going to get everything perfect. And you mentioned Stephen Bradley there. I remember him. He made mistakes in his first year or two with Shamrock Rovers, you know, in terms of his recruitment. I think they got beat 5-2 at home to Dundalk at one stage. And I think there was banners up saying enough's enough and Bradley out. And, you know, if you look at England, Arteta, same with Arsenal, you know, across the board, like all, all managers go through tough moments I'm in that now um, I am but I like to think I'm I'm resilient and you know I've got a a good idea of where I want to go and what I want to do um, and I'm hoping that we can turn a corner now over the next seven games and, and I can kind of reset and rebuild and, and, and go again but 
I've got to get a get a result first on, on Saturday against UCD. Do you think sometimes that maybe coaches overthink um, maybe philosophy over winning and stick too much rigid to their guns? Um, including yourself. Yeah, no, I think I kind of alluded to that and so far in terms of, you know, um, I have my my principles and, and the way we train, you know, we train at a, at a really good intensity. I want to play attacking football, forward forward play, forward passes, forward running, um, pressing high up the pitch, counter-pressing, all, all those things, they, they, they don't change. They, that's what I want. That's what I see in my teams. Um, that's the type of player I want to recruit. Sometimes then... If you've signed players that can't do that, well, then obviously you have to try and move those players on and, and recruit other players that can do that. But um, in terms of philosophy, it goes back to what I said about the Cruyff quote, like, you know, you have to win. There's no point yeah. beautiful football and trying to score a perfect goal. I, I felt this year we were brilliant between both boxes, um, but we weren't rootless when we got up to the final third. We had some brilliant attack and play, and then it was individual decision-making or not, not scoring, we should score, and then self-destructing our own box. So you have to mix it up. You have to find a way of winning. That's that's the name of the game. And, you know, I, I do feel that we will adjust um, for the next next couple of games and, and I'm hoping to get results and, you know, build on that. So, you know, I suppose the court game would be a good kind of synopsis of the season in what you just described there, where we probably played, well, we did play Super football for the first probably 25 minutes, dominated the game, had several chances, not unbelievably clerical chances, but chances that you would think that we would have taken one of them. Then a mistake happens and we kind of self-implode. So like, what I suppose, what can we do differently there going forward? Maybe that, you know, okay, we make a mistake, but we keep going like what we would have done at the start of the season. Because if you go through, I suppose, the games at the start of the season, we were 1-0 down to Shams, scored late. Next game, we were 2-1 down to UCD, come back in 1-3-2. Uh, be Pats 2-1 at home, and was sent off after 20 minutes. We were 2-0 down to Cork, we drew 2-0 with them. These are all the first few games of the season. So how do we, How I suppose for the rest of the season, how do we get back to that compared to what we had in Cork? Yeah, no, it's a really good point, and I think that's um, that was a strength of us early in the season, coming back from from setbacks and, and, and getting results, and you know that that's a really good sign of a team um, on the, on the up that they can do that, um, coming back, winning games with ten men, and, and coming from behind. So we have shown that we can do it. Um, yes, we we've lost players. I think the six players have gone from the start of the season. We brought in one or two. Robbie's come in. Pedro's come in. Um, and we're starting to get players back from injury now, where, as, as I mentioned, we 10 players out at one stage. So we are getting to that stage now where we've got a squad that can come on and impact games. So if if things go against you, you can change games. You know, there has been games where we were well in it, but then we would, you know, blow up with 20 minutes to go, 30 minutes to go, and we didn't have the strength and depth to change the game and, and come come back. I feel that we have that now. Um, but in terms of, like, our, our style... Um, you know, we work really hard on the training ground. Um, even the core game, as you said, you know, we played a different system and we showed really good signs. But then you, you have that moment. And when, when you're losing games and you're in that rut in, in elite sport, it is it is difficult because players um, lack that confidence and belief and, and it's it's hard to shake it off. Um, and what you're looking for is, is a win, any type of win. And I suppose my reflection this year as well is we haven't won any game this year where I was like, Jesus, we, we were awful. 
we didn't deserve out there. We we've got away with it. Like and, and loads of teams get that in a season where, you know, just poor performance. And and I look at even the, the cup, which was a massive disappointment. We all knew the importance, the amount of work that went in to lead up to that game. And everyone was was good afterwards and there was some some um, harsh words said afterwards. But you know, you look at that game, we didn't play well, but we were one up at half time and we said it at half time, it was like, look, lads, we're not playing well, but you just need to get into the next round. You, you need to get the job done. We end up conceding a, a poor goal, really, really poor goal, and then we get a man sent off and and we blow up. But again, these things of giving away penalties, red cards, it's it's just been a, a mad season. And sometimes you just you, you kind of scratch your head and you're going, how come this is happening so much? John, you touched earlier there on the recruitment. Um, you know, I, I think you know it's proved questionable with a couple of ex- exceptions as well along the way. But I think. Like judging by the fan base and what you see online and stuff, I don't know if you look online, probably best off not to at times, but uh, you know, it can be quite insulting, I find it, towards yourself at times because people will just say, Oh, you know, they're signing players off the back of YouTube compilations. Like, just to put it out there to the fans, you know, how exactly do you go about signing players, especially like lads from Eastern Europe or Scandinavian countries or that, where you wouldn't have access to see you much? much clips of them or anything like that. So how how do you go about that? Just to make it clear to people that it's not just yeah. a process of flipping on the YouTube account and signing anybody. Yeah, yeah no, no. Look, I think I would have presented to the fans, the fans forum at the end of last season around, you know, my philosophy around recruitment, how it all works. And, you know, there is that element in the game where you've got hundreds of agents texting you, ringing you, just throwing, just throwing players out at you. Um, saying when you take this fella in or take him on trial, blah blah blah. You know all the players I've signed, I, I've gone after them. There's been very few where uh, an agent has come to me and said, "Oh, you take this guy." So you know I've watched games, full games. Um, I've gone um and targeted leagues that would pay similar salaries to what we to what they pay in in our league. Um, so I look at our budget and it's like, right, what kind of players can I get? Because we have to pay a premium to get players to come from the East Coast. And, and that's a fact. You know, you have to pay extra. We, we lost players this year because they went back to, to other clubs in the league um, for more money. So you have to pay more than, than what they can, than we can anyway. And look, that's why you go outside the league. But in terms of the, the actual caliber player, I'm looking at the data of what they're doing in their league and comparing it to the data in our league. So what right backs in our league, you know, when I was signing, say, Johan Bramfag as a... As a as an example, you know, I looked at him. He was the the best right back in the Super and based on his data. And as an attacking fullback, he creates chances. His his crossing ability was double or treble what what our fullbacks last season were doing. And in fairness to him, he has produced that this year. So I look at that and say, yeah, he's he's set up five six goals. He scored a goal. He's brilliant on the ball. He's done exactly what I thought. What were his deficiencies? And I spoke to him in, in terms of what he needs to work on. Yeah, defensively, that was an area we had to help him on. Um, and, you know, he's he's tried to improve that as he's come into the league. You know, our league, you don't know if these players come in, but if he was really good at defending and he was really good at attacking, he ain't coming to Sligo Rovers. So we're signing players and we're saying, yeah, he can do this. He needs to improve on this. And I'm hoping that between myself and the staff that we're competent enough that we can help players develop. And we've shown that. Look at the players we sold. Like, yes, it's down to the players, but it's also down to the staff and the work that's been put on day in, day out in the training ground. And and that's um, you know, you speak to players and, and they'll 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 give you 
their own thoughts on, on, on how they've developed a Sligo over the last 12, 18 months uh, and gone to higher levels. But in terms of recruitment, you know, I want to try and get the best players to Sligo. I want to try and compete. I have to be creative. You know, some signings haven't worked out. We all know Bogdan didn't work out. That was my big signing. It's a massive um, mark on my card. I says my first year. If it worked out, if he did what I thought he could do, he could have done what Forrester's done this year for for Pats, scored goals, created goals. That's what his he's done previously in his career. So I looked at his age profile, what he's done, international player. But you don't know till these guys come in how the how they're going to fit within the group. Within why, the why didn't he? Why didn't he work out? Do you think? I felt look, there's there's different. Um, there's never one one big thing, or there's, there's never one um, thing you can point out, but. Um, it's probably a combination of factors. He had a few injuries early on, there's no doubt, in pre-season. He was disrupted. But in terms of how I wanted the team to play, I felt from what he was showing me in training, how he was conducting himself, you know, his attitude to everything. You know, he was on a two-year deal and I had to make a decision early that this isn't working out for the for the group, for the team. He's not going to get the goals and assists that I want. And um, I need to protect the culture and what I want to try and grow and, and develop the club. I made a wrong wrong um, call on, on the city or on the on the signing, but that happens across all all leagues. All, you look you look at the players Man United have signed over the last ten years. You look at Chelsea at the moment, the figures that are be thrown around. That's football. Um, you know you got to you got to look at other signings that have come in, the likes of Reese, Fabrice, Hartman. These guys you sign good lads, other lads don't work out. That's football. So would you still continue to pursue that? Um system of signing players well the system of signing players is you you want to try and get the best players that you can with the money that's available um you know whether that's in ireland the uk europe you know again you look at all the leagues arsenal uh, all the top clubs in the world they've got players from all over all over all over the world different countries playing different nationalities um and it's about mixing them in the the big thing for us is you know we need to try and recruit players who know the league that can that can adapt to the league quickly. Um, the pool of players that you can that you can bring into Sligo that are available is small because there's longer term contracts in our league. We again we have to pay extra to get them, and plus the position that we're in at the moment, we don't offer European football. Um, you have to kind of be creative. There are two or three players that I have spoken to that I am hoping to to bring in if I'm if I'm still here next year. Um, that are playing within the league and I think that they're undervalued and I think we can help them get better improve them and I think that's the selling point for us in Sligo that we're selling players they're going to the SPL they're going to League One so we are playing a good brand of football we are developing players but it takes time to build a team you know you, you need a couple of transfer windows you need to get a core group and then add two or three as you go along we had 10 come in yeah some some of them have worked and I'm hoping to keep them the likes of Fabrice is staying on as the Reese is staying on so these are good lads that come in. Can you get another two or three lads and, and build on that and keep adding? Um, but in terms of getting players in, I wouldn't uh, rule out players coming from anywhere. Once that they're they're good, they can they can do what you want them to do and they're good people. That's it. That's a key one for me as well. And look, you look at that as well. You do all the background checks. You you speak to national team managers. You speak to former managers, coaches, former players. I get as much information as possible on the player. Before coming in, I just I'm not looking at a clip and saying I'll just sign him because he can cross the ball in or he can score a good goal. Um, I'm saying what's he like when they lose matches? Um, what's he like in the dressing room? Is is he injury prone? All these things, and then you have to based on all the facts, 
you got to make a decision then. Um, and is he are they the right fit? Like John, for you personally, like that's not a five minute job to get all that information oh. to go to make those phone calls. You know, so when a player such as Bogdan does fail, that must hurt you. You know, professionally, but also personally, because of the time and effort you've put in in that regard. Like that must it's it must be hard to take when it doesn't work out, does it? Uh, look, this is the job. This is the job of a manager. I, I actually felt sorry for Bogdan too because I wanted it to work out for him. I said it to him. I said, I really wanted this to work out for you. I took a chance in you and you took a chance in coming to Sligo. But that's with all players, lads. Like there's players, I put in hours and hours of work in terms of, I'd be up to one, two in the morning watching clips of players. Again, you're doing Zoom calls with agents trying to convince them to come to Sligo. I've missed out on players that have gone to other clubs that have come from outside the league into this league that I was hoping to get to Sligo. Um, other players have gone to the clubs. Our fans are well aware of one or two that have gone to other clubs that I thought we could get to Sligo. Um, you, you miss out on players. That's the game we're in, but you put in the effort, you meet them, you you, you go through their agents, you, you do everything in your power to get them because I want to sign the best players with the money that I have. Um, some come in, some don't come in, um, but that's the life of a football manager. Um, but I'll, I'll always keep trying my best and I'll, and I'll be doing the same going forward. You mentioned if you're manager next season. Um, and look, I suppose the way the league is going, everybody seems to be owned by someone and there's more money in the game and probably the clubs that are going to come up are obviously Galway United and possibly Waterford. So next season, we more than likely will probably have the lowest budget in the league um, and lower than this season. How would you, How would you go about you know, working within your budget and try and be as competitive as we as we possibly can. Yeah, once, you know, the budget is confirmed, as far as I'm aware, there will be a big foot in our budget, so we don't have the budget we'll have this year going into next year. But whatever I'm given, I will do the best to create the best environment I can. That's what I tried to do this year. Did I make mistakes? Absolutely. Have I, have I learned? I have. I've adjusted, even in terms of the staff. You know, I had to make changes during the year, even going forward now, you know, um, I've brought in Anthony Elding, who's come in now for the for the last seven games. I feel, you know, he's working in the club as manager of seven games, but I feel from an attacking point of view, former striker, they can come in and work with our strikers um, from now to the end of the season and, and give us that um, lift. So, you know, you have to be creative to try and bring players to the club. You also have to be creative with the budget. I still feel the environment that we have, players will want to come because they'd speak and they'd talk and some of the stuff that we've in place, we've got senior players that have won things in the leagues have been other player at other clubs and, and they would even say that some of the stuff that we're doing they've never had in their career. They're, they're actually learning now. Um, so that gets around and, and that adds value and, and that will, will attract players. But we want to try and build a team that can be competitive. Yes, we know loads of teams are going to have more money than you but that doesn't mean you still can't compete and you can't be competitive um, and that'll be the challenge for me to to build that and grow that and, and I'm hoping that I'll still be able to do that And then John with regards to like losing the players that we have this season which is proven vital in vital stages of the season as well even you go as far back as losing Aiden and early you know a couple of weeks just before the season kicks off and possibly the best player in the league the year before you know, for you to adapt to that, how hard is it? How how difficult? Like, because I suppose everyone questioned why wasn't there another striker brought in when Maiden left, and then when Max leaves, it's just Pedro that's there, and we all knew that Pedro still needed time to adapt to the league and even get up to fitness. 
for you know so how does that how do you adapt there like and what's the strategy behind that how how are you going to work around that because that's that's possibly could happen next year as well with players that as you're saying you're trying to develop and sell players on again so how do you work around that yeah well i mean that that's the model of the club at the moment and i suppose it's setting the expectations you know we have been a selling club so if you sell your best players and even when we had our best players it was still hard to get get results in this league um so when you sell your best ones and you're trying to bring players in some work some some fit fit straight away and they, and they come in and do really well um but when you have a turnover of players really good ones going out um ones coming in it takes time to gel and adjust and to build a team you need that two or three years to do that where you don't have a constant turnover you know in terms of the budget you know when, when it is cut um, obviously you're you're recruiting a player that isn't going to be attracting the attention of other clubs. So you are looking for some of those kind of rough diamonds. But it comes back to what type of football you want to play, the characteristics. I want to try and play attacking football, playing forward passes, pressing. You know, I want the fans enjoying what they see on the pitch. So you need to try and look and identify these type of players. And, and that's a skill in terms of, for me, identifying them, but also the people I have, the network I have and I've developed is trying to get me these players um, and recommending me players that I can say, yeah, they can come to Sligo, whether it's on loan deals like Fabrice, because that, that's been creative. We're only paying a percentage, percentage of his salary. Um, and it's it's those type of markets. Um, but it takes time to develop those links. Uh, and, and that's been a really good one. And, and it shows even for him to come back to the club after being injured and going back to Red Bull for us to attract him back in the position that we're in um, speaks volumes for, for what we're doing. See, um, this this probably sounds like a really stupid question, but sure, look, I'll ask it anyways. But like, <laughs> I think Pedro's a really, really good footballer, right? He's great touch, great presence, big man, great vision and all that. But why won't he stay up fucking front? Yeah, and that's something that we're saying to him. Uh, I'm working with him on the training ground um, that he needs to stay high up the pitch. You're, you're right. I've watched an awful lot of them before he came in and look, going back to the point, we knew Max was interested in him. The budget, I had to cut costs because the season is gone the way it's gone and um, there's other things that go on in the, in the in the background. But, you know, you want you, you want to be coming in July and, and bringing in players. You look at Cork, I think they brought in five or six players. You know, a lot of the clubs, it gives you that fresh freshness and, and even the players in the building going, oh, geez, all these new players, I'm going to up my game. So, we were at a, a disadvantage, you know, James Finnerty left and then I was able to bring in Robbie last minute and I've been keeping in touch with Robbie. He's a fabulous footballer and I'm delighted to get him back. Um, but that that can be a challenge. But when Pedro, you know, I knew it was going to take time, as, as you mentioned there, he's, he's out of season. So him to adapt to the league, get fit, he is getting fit and you can see the quality he, quality he has. And I think he'll be a top player next year um, once he gets settled into the league. But we need to create chances for him. He's brilliant at linking the play, but we need balls in the box. We need our wingers. We need our fullbacks putting balls in the box and his score goals. You look at the goals that Max got this year. It was Will, Reese combining down the left side, balls in the box. It was Johan putting crosses in away, up in pats, and Max in the six-yard box. That's what we need to get Pedro. We haven't been getting enough pressure in the opposition goal in the last couple of weeks. There's a combination of things. You know, you're losing games, confidence is down, people are probably coming towards the ball instead of staying staying high. But these are stuff that we've identified that we're working the training ground and, and we're hoping that that will happen. And another reason for, as I mentioned earlier on, the likes of Anthony Elding coming in, 
he's he's in the club, he's there, and he's a former striker, and he can work on his movements in the box. We can work with the with our wingers and our full backs, and we need to get him the ball in the box, and he'd score goals. With regards to uh, Finnerty as well, John, that was a bit of a strange one, I think, for fans as well. Was was there a particular reason why James left the club after making one appearance, and obviously it suffered a fairly bad injury? You know, James came to me and, and, and said he wanted to leave. Uh, he had a frustrating year. Really good guy, top professional. Couldn't speak highly of him. Um, you know, another guy who I felt was under the radar last year. He did really well at Bowes. And I had to look at what's in the league that I can attract to Sligo with the budget I have. And James was a guy who was out alone at Galway. I went and watched him a couple of times, met him, uh, and felt really, really good character. And, and he was a great guy and, you know, had to buy his time because... The start of the season, Aina started with Lando and, and you know, Aina came up to the academy, showed really good promise. Then John got himself in the team, which I felt was going to happen because he needed that bit of building to after being out of the game for so long. So so James didn't really get game time. And then when he did get in, I thought he did well in his in his first appearance. But unfortunately, he was out for 10 or 12 weeks. Um, And then when he came back, Gary Buckley was back from his blue shit. So his, his game time is going to be limited. And he felt, look, I'm not going to play here. Um, I'm happy to to move on, and you know, as I mentioned, with him moving on, allow me to utilize his salary and, and get um Robbie Burton in, and and hopefully again Robbie's out of season that he can get up to speed in the next couple of games, and and I think he'll be a top player for us next year. Just going to touch on Robbie for a second, just to see how, you know, how influential do you think he can be on this side going forward? Yeah, well, you got a glimpse of him last year, and I suppose again, I was trying to be creative in terms of. Got him on a loan deal from Dinamo Zagreb. They paid a big fee for him. He needed a reset. He was out in the wilderness there, wasn't playing. He was um, out on loan for a period. Then he was just training with the reserves. And when he came into us, you know, it was a tough spot for him mentally because um, he hadn't played a huge amount of football. And going from that thing of being a superstar, coming all the way up through the Arsenal Academy, captain of the 23s, you know, being around the first team, getting a big move to a big European club that are playing the Champions League. Uh, and then come to Sligo Rovers, that's hard to to, to do it. But you could see some of the games when he came in last year. Uh, he was excellent, He's a fabulous footballer, really creative, doesn't give it away, plays forward passes. And you know, I, I really wanted to keep him at the end of last year. Good conversations with him, and I felt if he had a preseason and a full year this year, he probably would have got a move, um, or there'd be big interest in him. But he decided he was going to go back to England. But I think he was honest when he when he signed back this year in the summer about his own um his own struggle in, in terms of being in and out of hospital. And um, you know, he's he's looking for that reset now. So we're kind of where we were 12 months ago. Um and again it shows and it's a good reflection on the club on how well the club looked after Robbie last year that he has come back and he says, Yeah, this is a really good club, they can help me out. I can get back to joining and playing playing really good football and I, I think we'll we'll get the best out of them. See with injuries, John. Obviously, you know, you mentioned there, I think what we had about ten players out at one stage. Yeah. Is there anything that you can put your finger on that would explain that or you know? Yeah, again, there's no one thing. And uh, trust me, I've looked at everything, you know, with, with the staff, you you're you're looking at all the, the data points. Um, sometimes injuries happen. It's it's part of the game. I I do feel that that period when we had the two away games, and you know pe- people forget, you know when when there's so many teams in Dublin, right? And Shelburne play Bohemians away from home. They're not. It's not an away game. 
Yeah. So every second, every second week, we're up and down to Dublin, right? You're traveling up, you're traveling back uh, on the buses and your recovery. We, we have to work on our, on our, on how we recover better. And, and that costs money, but it's a fact. We play Friday, Monday away from home. That time we played Shamrock Rovers. We went toe to toe with them. Um, energy levels ex- expended that we were down a couple of bodies, got injuries that night, drove up to Dublin, played again on the Monday. Um, went, Toe to toe with Pats, beat them, travel all the way back, and then we got injuries against Dundalk. It's no coincidence that those three games in a week, but the traveling that we do impacts on that. So that that's one part of it. Then there's the actual training load that we're doing, you know, between the gym, the training sessions. Maybe we overload the players, maybe too much. And again, that's an analysis for me as the manager to look back, and I have done that. But even when the season's over, and you see those peaks and troughs of 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 you know, can you reflect next year in terms of the load? Because I felt our preseason was excellent. We were flying fit, started the season really well. But I felt once we got to that period where we the away games, we just got injury, injury, injury. But then the, the other the other side of it is when you have injuries, um, then the players that you have at your disposal are going to be overloaded because they're not going to be able to be rested because they have to play. So it's it's relentless. It's games, games, games. Um, and then you're trying to pull back the training a bit to keep them fresh for the games. But then that sharpness in the training and doing 11 by 11s when, when lads are going hammers and tongs at each other and, you know, you're you're getting that speed of play and, and your your ideas across, then you have to, you stop doing those. Um, so, like, there's a snowball effect. Um, but look, there's there's, there's plenty of learnings uh, from me this year going forward in, in, into next year. And actually, I think it was on Daniel McDonald's uh, podcast. I think he inquired about the FBI why... Sligo Rovers had back-to-back away games uh, over two bank holiday weekends. And the mm. F- I think the response from the FBI was that um, it was a computer mistake or something. It was an error. Mm. Yeah, but look, I'm not I making- find that hard to believe. But do you think that we are, but do you think that we are possibly hard done by, by the authorities or whoever the case may be is in charge? Uh, I don't think we're hard done by. Uh, I, I definitely feel um, we're, the, we're, 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 we're we're the forgotten team. Put it that way. Uh, you know, for me last year when when we did really well in Europe and won four or six games, and I remember being up with the PFI awards, uh, and Aidan Keane, I was sporting him, and he was up for Player of the Year, and he got a Team of the Year. Or so it, it wasn't up for Player of the Year, it should have been, but he got a Team of the Year. But I remember the Minister for Sport was up talking and, and congratulating the League of Ireland clubs and doing really well in Europe and it was Derry, St. Patch, and the Rovers and I was just like, are they going to say Sligo Rovers? And, and there's, there's definitely that media bias to all the teams up there. We're, we're the forgotten team. But we have to use that as fuel um, going forward. But, you know, as I mentioned, we are away from home. We have to travel an awful lot. But that's up to us to to get our 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 house in order as such and put in the recovery strategies to help the players and uh, make sure that we are ready to go again and we can play three games and we can adjust to the travelling. But there's a cost involved, you know, does that mean you stay over um, on the on the Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday to prepare to play on the Sunday, Monday? You know, where you, you come back and then you travel up on Sunday, you stay overnight. There's a cost to the club, but if, that, if that's what it takes to win matches and keep players fresh to, to do it, well, then that's stuff you have to look at. Um, but we have to be creative and, and not... Not look for for excuses. I don't want to look for excuses, and and I know he, you know you can have plenty this year and say this, that, and the other. But I have to hold the mirror up. I'm the manager. I'm in control of of the environment and the setup, and I've got to try and find ways to win matches. Do the players get that though? In terms of 
you know, about being maybe the forgotten club or that, you know, I suppose like in this part of the country, in the Northwest, say Sligo Leitrim, uh, Donegal, you know, like it's, um, we kind of, we have to fight for everything, um, whether it be hospital services, roads, jobs, we always have, you know, uh, it's kind of part of our DNA. Um, sometimes, do you, do you think the players understand that, um, that sometimes we want to see them maybe, I don't know, show more emotion or just fucking smash somebody on the pitch when we're not doing well or, do you know, mm-hmm. that kind of... Yeah, no, no, I, I totally see what you're saying and look, I love the desire heart, you know, that we have as our part of our DNA in this part of the country because we do see ourselves as kind of, you know, under-resourced, like what, put down. Do the players understand how the fans feel and do you know that kind of way? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally understand, it. and and it is part of the DNA, and you, you want to see people going around smashing people. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I love the tackle, and and especially in the situation we're in at the moment, you have to get your tackles in, um, and I feel that it is something that we're really good at promoting from the academy, and and that's part of their development of understanding. This is what it means to play for the club, and and you've seen that with all the lads that have been produced and continue to come through. So that's. That's an easy one. I say it's an easy one. There's still players within the academy that have to learn, and we try and do that with them in terms of carrying the gear when they come um, up to train with the first team and how they conduct themselves. That's all part of it as well. But when you're bringing players in from outside the league that don't even know the league that well, never mind the, the club, it, it does take time. Um, but I do feel, and I know there's perception out there, all oh, the recruitment has been a disaster this year for Sligo. <laughs> You know, the recruitment after 12 or 13 games was probably really good. But then when you're losing games, all of a sudden it can flip. It's like in games, you can play really well uh, and lose. But people look at the results and it's like, that was terrible. That was a shocking performance. You know, you win a game and you've been shocking. But people are going, oh, that was, they show brilliant determination to get the job done. But it was shocking. So, you know, it can work both ways as well when, when players come in and but I feel it's up to us as staff and as a club when they do come in that we do give them that. I think we have, um, you know, give them the history of the club and what it means and, you know, that we are competing against bigger resource clubs and you have to use that and fuel that. And when we're going out to compete against Shamrock Rovers or Derry or St. Pat's, we're saying, you know, they're expected to win. You know, they, they don't rate us. They don't want us uh, to do well and and you have to use that as fuel and I, I feel if you have players with you for a period of time you can grow that that togetherness we we have a brand new group but if you have players together for two or three seasons I remember when I came to Sligo from Galway um, 2010 you know there was players that were at the club maybe 08, 09 that had been together and then a couple of us came up in 2010 and we had success and then we added a couple more in 2011 had success it takes time to, to build that and there was ups and downs before that period but you get a core group together and then lads fighting for each other um, and, and, and having a purpose and cause and that's what you want to create John just coming back then to yourself and in regards to the human side of things because you know we tend to forget the footballers and managers are actually they are, they are humans not just people you can roar abuse at on a Friday night or Saturday night whatever it is but, um, you know, how do you deal with after a game, after a loss? You know, you, you have to go home to your wife and kids and, you know, they don't want to see John Russell, the football manager. They want to see John Russell, the husband or the father. How do you 
make the difference in between that, especially in the time that we're in at the moment. It must be, it must be hard to separate the two. Yeah, the life of football manager lads is is twenty four seven. So, um, you know the the highs are unbelievable. Uh, you know the, the European games when when you're winning a match, um, you, you can't beat it. When you lose it, the drop is is unbelievable. The depression that sets in and, um, it's extremely hard. You know, I found even when I when I got the job last year, even drawing a game, I was depressed. I I was fuming. It was I was so low and. Um, but this year has been a, an unbelievable challenge. You know, for me, looking at the the data because I'm, I'm big into data and looking at 15 defeats, lads, it's it's shocking. You know, I, I did not think that that would happen, and I'm well aware. Like I'm I'm lucky to be still in the job. You know, um, so it's been tough. There's no doubt about it. It's been tough on on my wife. She's been an unbelievable support to me uh, in in picking me up. You know, I've got two young girls, six and three. You know, they they. Uh, they don't know really um, what what's happening. Um, they, they, I, I keep them away from football, and they wouldn't really come to the games. But um, in terms of myself, I've got to to try and deal with all that, and, and I felt I've I've done quite well this year in terms of trying to to park it when, when I am with the family. But it is difficult. But look, that's you know I'm not looking for sympathy either because I chose this profession. I was a footballer. There was pressures of playing. It's a totally different pressure being a manager because you've got the staff, the players. The committee or boards, media, the fans, and you have to win. And that's my job. That's what I want to do. When I wake up every morning, when I drive up to Sligo, come in that gate, I want to win. Everything I do is is with a purpose to to help give us the best possible chance of winning matches. We're in a bad spot at the moment. Um, but I do feel that for me this year, if I can get through this period and, and turn the corner and, and do well over the next seven games and, and reset. I do feel all the stuff that's been thrown at me this year and, and how I've dealt with it and come back and, and how we've, you know, rallied the players and the staff and, and adjusted to certain situations. Yes, I'm doing everything in my power to try and get results. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. We need to get results. Otherwise, I I won't be I won't be talking to anyone uh, on, on, on podcasts, you know. Uh, I did, honestly, after the Cork game, you know, training the defeat against the team, just trying to chase you. I didn't think I'd be on a podcast with you chatting. I am here, I'm still standing. And I want to do everything in my power to, to turn it around. You made a comment, John, on uh, your your interview with Austin on Ocean FM. It was a very good interview as well. Just about the for the remaining games you're going to see in use like Rovers, so to speak. Um, you know, do you understand the fans' trepidation towards that as well? Like, you know, there is going to be anxieties and thoughts. You know, how how are you going to turn this around when it's been so bad in such a short space of time? With, with with all the same tools that you've had when it's been bad, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And and, and that was the thing for me coming back in the on the bus after the core game. And again, you're, you're, you're fearing the worst. And, and then you, you get through that weekend and you're thinking, right, you're, you're coming out with that cycle. And you're like, right, if, if I'm still in place here, what can I do? You know, chatting to the staff, what can we do to, to get results? Because that's what we need to do. That's what... That's what the name of the game is. And in terms of me reflecting, and I would have spoken to Austin about this in terms of the, the pressure. It's the pressure that kills you. And we're, we're under pressure and you're losing games and there's that fear and, and you know, the perception is all players aren't trying. That They're all trying, lads. Um, but for me as the manager, I need to get the right mix, the right personnel for the situation that we're in, which is we're in a battle to get out of a relegation and get to the end of the season. And in terms of how we do that, it's... 
you know changing up the the environment um in terms of our training schedule and you know it spoke about you know my wife's been a huge support to me my family uh, my, my wife's family being a brilliant support but there's been people close to to the, to the club that have been a huge support as well and, and i managed to get external funding um off two people that big supporters of the club and, and that shows what an amazing club it is that even the season gone so badly that and and people calling for my head and, and paying for blood that the people there are saying, look, we, we'll help you. What do you need? Uh, and I was like, look, I feel like we need to just get away and 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 have a have a camp and just train for two days and, and work on um on a couple of things and, and get the players eating together and 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 bonding together and, and having a bit of fun playing a couple of games. And we managed to do that over the last two days. We went to St. or to Johnstone House up in Enfield. Players drove up. Again, we didn't have money for for buses around that. Players drove up. We met, trained, had good conversations. Um, really, really good. Um, reset for us. Uh, and I said there, Anthony Elding coming in, helping us out from a coaching standpoint. Um, and then understanding what do we need to do. So we we lost a lot of games. Why haven't we got it? We're not getting enough pressure in the opposition box. Pedro's not getting chances in the box, which is what we need to do. We sent it forward these chances. We're we're also self destructing some of the some of the decision-making of, of we're trying to score the perfect goal. We've scored unbelievable goals this year, unbelievable team goals. And and that's like, for me as a manager, I'm like, brilliant. We've been working on the training ground. That's coming from the training ground into a match where everyone can see it. That's when you're judged. But we've tried to overplay and, and score the perfect goal. We need to score crap goals. Um, and how you do that is getting more pressure, getting the ball quicker forward. That doesn't mean you're, you're lumping the ball. It means you're just playing forward quickly, whether that's on the ground, around teams or over teams, but you need players with energy and making runs. Um, and, and that's how I see the team playing. And that's how I want us getting back to that. Um, and trying to take the pressure off and, and going out all guns blazing on Saturday against UCD. Thank you, Sean. Thanks a million, lads. And cheers, Jerry. Cheers, uh, lads. Uh, just one last word on the last word. Um, <laughs> Look, I suppose we're in the shit. Um, not the most attractive game playing UCD, but we need as many fans to turn up and support the team as possible. Uh, don't sit at home on Saturday night watching LOI TV. Come out to the showgrounds uh, and get behind the team. It's your club. You know, there's no point giving out on social media or keyboard warriors and all this. You know, if you don't, we all need to do our own part and uh, just get behind the team on Saturday night. Push them over the line, whatever it takes. Thousands 100%. of people. I was proud. I mean, that one. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3 2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! Oh!